Yo, what's going on, people? Episode 43, Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. It's another episode. It's Eugene. We're back again. You can follow me on Twitter at FantasyGenes, that's G-E-N-E-S. Follow our official Twitter handle, Off the Line FF. And of course, I am joined with my other Dallas Cowboys fan and partner in this podcast, Ike. How are you feeling today? You can also follow him at just underscore Ike09. Feeling good, feeling good. Uh, you know, I, I guess I'm feeling good because the, I guess the Cowboys won. Little, still, still, still have some still harbors and feelings there about how they just uh, refuse to improve the team around them. But mm-hmm. hey, look, that defense is balling. They're they're flying around. They harass Daniel Jones all night long, which is which is what you like to see. And they're gonna be the strength of our team once again. They're gonna be the strength of our team once again, while our offense is. You know, it's it's funny because in in previous years our offense was always the strength like far and away, and now and with like with the defense being mediocre at best, and now they're elite. Their pass rush is elite. Their front seven's elite. Like they can get after anybody and any team. Like they've made life miserable for pretty much any every offense so far this season. Even Tampa Bay in week one, it was just the yep. offense that was just dog shit. Yeah. So. No, yeah, I I feel I feel okay about the I feel okay about the Cowboys. Little, not not necessarily optimistic for what they're going to do later on in the season, but hey, it it's encouraging to see how well they played last night. It is encouraging, and this is what you know. Parsons didn't even make that big of a noise during the game, and we were still you know Demarcus Lawrence looked like he was you know back to his old self, not the run stopping D uh, DN, but the actual pass rushing DN. So you know, it was good to see that. Uh, it was good to also see on the other side to see Saquon do his thing to show yep. you that he's he's healthy. But it was sad to see that Sterling Shepard uh, towards ACL. Oh man, um, that's you know after after you see him recover from the Achilles injury, so it just sucks to see him go down again for another lost season. So yeah, man, it's it's it was and he was jogging too. It was yeah, jogging. He, was, he was he was not running full speed and he was slowing down. Looking back, and then that last step just knees just popped and gave out on them. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, man. The first round running backs this year. Oh yeah, if you drafted one of them, kind of, kind of mixed results. Kind of mixed results. You know, we we're we're gonna go into some of these. Uh, you know, some of the some of the quick news and reactions uh, really quick. I we would be remiss if we did not talk about the, the current state of the first round running backs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey hasn't been hasn't looked that great, although he had over 100 yards rushing. But that Carolina offense is terrible because Baker Mayfield is terrible. Imagine, you know, we, we thought we thought going into the season, Christian McCaffrey is quarterback proof. No matter what quarterback is around him, he's going to produce. Eh, wrong, not, <laughs> not 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 producing at the elite level that we expected, especially when you when, when you and I we kind of touted him as the number one overall pick. He hasn't produced like one yet. And then Jonathan Taylor, while he's still a top twelve running back, there's still some still some uh, questions about his about his efficiency and his production so far. And we haven't we have not seen him you know play at that elite level since week one. So what, what like what other running backs have kind of disappointed you? Um, you got Austin Eckler, who's who's been dog shit in terms of rushing the ball. The only thing that's really saving him is because he has twenty one receptions out of twenty two targets. That's literally the only thing that's keeping him afloat right now. 
um, in terms of being a, a, a usable running back. Outside of that, he'd be he'll be sitting on your bench. Uh, Derrick Henry, we saw him. He got involved randomly in the passing game this past week to get him going, but he hasn't really been good. Najee Harris has not been good. His efficiency has also been dog shit. Cook's yeah. usage has been dog shit. It looked like he was about to go off uh, on Sunday, but he hurt his shoulder. So the and same Mixon, vibranium shoulder. <laughs> yeah, the same one. Yeah, and then Mixon, he was the last uh, running back in the first round. He's also been dog shit. His volume has been elite, but he's done nothing with it. So no. it's very, it's very concerning, man. Very a lot of big misses. Like you said, we touted C Mac as number one, and he ain't done nothing. They treating him as a plotter, which is really odd. But yeah. I mean, the only good thing out of these first two picks, uh, JT and C Mac, they're in the top twelve currently. Yeah. I mean, luckily, because of the rest of the the landscape has been so much dog shit. Um, yeah. If you spent money, uh, if you spent draft capital on Chubb and Barkley, then congrats, they're number one and two right now. So yeah, and uh, they and they were going around the two three turn for the in most drafts that I saw. Yeah. The most drafts that I was in this this you know late late August early September, they were going in, in the, around the two three turn. So. You know, the, I think the the ideal strategy, at least so far through three weeks, has been taking a, a wide receiver in the first round and taking one of these running backs like Aaron Jones, DeAndre Swift, yeah. Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, um, even Devontae Williams. And, you know, I know Leonard Fournette's kind of disappointed, but he's getting a lot of volume. He hasn't been nearly as bad as the other the other first round running backs. But that seemed to, seems to be like the, the strategy that's leading to a lot of uh, success for for many fantasy owners. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It, it's the the top twelve running backs. You know, the the average ADP after the first three weeks of the season, sixty two point eight, early <laughs> sixth round, um, per 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 established to run. But yeah, man. Like you know, we have James Robinson, who's the RB two overall. Khalil Herbert, who's the RB eight. Jamal Williams, who's who we thought was second fiddle to DeAndre Swift. He's actually rushing, you know, running the ball more, getting more goal line carries. Yep. He's the RB seven. Yeah, he's the RB seven right now. And so there's, it's I don't know, it's a it's a mixed bag right now. I know it's been three weeks, and maybe things will turn around over the course of the season because we have about sixteen or we have about fifteen weeks left, um, in the or fourteen weeks left in the regular in the fantasy in the fantasy regular season or fantasy season in general. And so we'll see, we'll see if these things turn around. But so far, not not good results for our running backs. Yeah, and another telly thing that I looked into, uh, if people have not looked into. The 33rdteam.com, they have a tool called The Edge where they pull a lot of their information from, from SIS. Uh, it's a really great tool. It's free. I suggest you use Sports it. Sports Info Solutions, by the way, if you don't know yep. what SIS is. And if you're a DJ like me or Ike that likes looking into the deeper numbers, I definitely re- recommend this tool. Going back to this, uh, the running back conversation, the difference between the first three games of this year and last year that the top 12 running backs – we're getting targets outside um, from their quarterbacks, like all of them outside of like, I think Nick Chubb and Zeke out of the top 12 of last year were the only ones that didn't have at least uh, 10 targets for through the first three weeks. Everybody had double digit receptions, not even just not even targets, but receptions. Everybody had over 10 receptions over the first first three games. Game. And this year we won't, we only have, two, we only have three that have over 10 receptions, which is Antonio Gibson, which is really surprising because he hadn't seen shit since the first week. Yeah. C Mac, who's which is also surprising because Mr. Baker doesn't doesn't check down for shit. He'd rather run than than check it down to the ultimate weapon. C E H. 
who is also surprising because he's been dog shit out of the two yard touchdown runs that he's had pretty much every week of the season. So if you can't, so 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 for the audience that you're listening to us, if you can't tell, we're pretty frustrated by <laughs> by a lot by a lot of the production that we're seeing these first round from from these running backs in general. The, the you know the there there have been there have been running backs that emerge that we didn't expect, and there's running backs that we expected to 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 be balling, and they're not. And we're we're kind of annoyed, we're kind of frustrated by it. It's but hey, it's this it's this wonderful game called fantasy that we play, that we come to know and love, that 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 we that we are degens for, like Gene said earlier. So yeah, that that's one thing that I wanted to make clear that we are pretty pretty frustrated. Yeah. <laughs> and, by, you know, just the overall, the overarching theme is with some of these running backs, especially in the first round, you, you kind of just have to eat the bullet. You gotta be patient unless there's an owner out there that you can See if you can try to tear down or if you can flip them for one of these, you know, top warp type of wide receivers are that are, you know, that are producing like maybe a, a St. Brown or if you can get an owner that's disappointed in Chase or or something like that, man, because who knows? Who, who knows? It's just it's just not looking good right now. Yeah. And, and then just you can kind of continue on the theme of running backs. We did see one running back return. Take his, you know, make his return to the field. J.K. Dobbins for the Ravens finally getting on the field. wasn't very productive, but he was back there. I guess they were just trying to ease him, ease him in. You know, the the Ravens they scored thirty seven points, but you know he, but he did score, but he did have the most touches out of all the Ravens running backs. He ran the most routes. He had the most targets, which which is two. Hey, that's that's better than nothing, right? At least he got targeted. Yep. And he had all the, he led all Ravens running backs with 40 total yards. So again, this is just kind of a a game that he wants to get his feet feet, feet back under him and and just kind of get things going and get 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 his first taste of of you know just game action since tw- you know 2020 because he hasn't really he hasn't played in since 2020. Yeah. And so uh, it, it was it was but it was just good to see him back on the field. Yeah, I definitely called on that. It was good to see him back out there. Uh, clearly, nobody else in that backfield really matters. So, exactly, uh, exactly. You no, know, just got to be patient. And Drake was a, a healthy scratch. <laughs> and so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, M and M. I'm gonna call these two: DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney. Man, I know a lot of these people spent fourth and fifth round picks on these wide receivers, and they're dead until further notice. Like, yeah. you cannot play these guys. They're on the back of your bench. To you, some some leagues that you might even see them dropped because of they don't have enough bench spots and they don't have time to wait for these players to see if they ever you know get back to what what we thought they were going to be this year. These are they're part of the the teams that have, they're running the 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 lowest amount of plays per game. Carolina's running fifty four plays per game. Chicago's running fifty three, and Chicago's running. I believe the the highest rate in terms of runs per per game. I think they're at sixty some sixty over sixty percent. So it's scary. It's scary hours for these guys, man. It's yeah. very scary for Darnell Mooney, especially for someone that playing on part of a team where they're not even letting Je- uh, Justin Fields throw the ball. So yeah, and then and on the other side, you know, DJ Moore is playing with a quarterback that can't throw the ball accurately to save his life. Like he he literally he's he's literally sinking that offense with every single snap that he takes. I never thought that he would be this bad, but we'll I mean, we'll we'll touch on we'll touch on DJ Moore in that situation a little bit later in the show. But man, it's it's it is not good. It is not good to see those two receivers struggling. But from t- from two receivers struggling to a receiver that did not struggle, 
in uh, last Sunday. Devonta Smith for the Eagles turned the hell up against the against the Commanders. Eight catches for 169 yards and a touchdown. Had a, over 150 yards in the first half. Yeah, and he had a beautiful end zone target or end zone touchdown and caught in the corner of the end zone over the defender. Yeah, that that uh, <laughs> yeah that that those Alabama receivers, man, they they when they when they ball, they ball. When they turn up, they turn up. And so it was it was good to see Devonta Smith get going for the second straight week, let leading the Eagles in yards and catches for the second consecutive week. I know AJ Brown on the other side is the alpha. He's the he's the number one. He had a touchdown in um, in his own right, so he he balled out as well. Eight uh, five for eighty five. But that Eagles offense, they're just humming on all. They're they're hitting on all, clicking on all cylinders. I know that I know uh, you know they've been touting them um, for the first three weeks, and the, the competition hasn't been that great. But you play who's on the schedule. Yep. You, you you play who's on the schedule, and the mark of a good team and a good offense is what you do against the inferior opponents. If you if you're supposed to blow them the hell out, you're supposed to show. You're supposed to flex that muscle and blow them the hell out and turn up, and that's what they did. So it was yep. it was good to see him. It's good to see him ball out. It's also good to see the 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 Saints' top wide receiver, Chris <laughs> Olave, right now because he is the top receiver in in New Orleans at the at the moment, especially with the injuries to Jarvis Landry and the injuries to Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas can't can just can't avoid the injury bug now since you know since that record breaking year in 2019. But yeah, Chris Olave he leads the NFL in, in air yards with over 500. And he has over at least 130 more than the next guy, which is Cortland Sutton, number two. And he has a 41.4% targets per route run and a 19.38 dot, which is third in the NFL. So he is getting crazy volume and he's getting crazy volume down the field. Because as we mentioned previously, Jameis Winston, the ultimate DGAF quarterback, he will throw the ball down the field with reckless abandon. And if it gets there, it gets there. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But he he will take chances down the field and that's why Chris Olave is going to be he's going to be a, he's going to be he's going to be one of the one of the top rookie receivers along with Drake London along with Garrett Wilson. So it was good yeah. to see those guys fall out. It was good to see another person that we 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 talked about before the season started that who was going to improve for, because of the hires of Doug Peterson, Jim Bob Cooter is is Trevor Lawrence, man. He he looks the offense is humming. People didn't believe in Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and Evan Ingram, you know, even uh, James Robinson coming back from injury. And you just, the, the offense is humming, man. Like he got people moving all over the place. He's using Christian Kirk all over the field, primarily in the slot where he should have been, not outside. Like Coach Bro had him last year, and you, now you've seen the now you've seen the flourish. Yep. Yeah, and then he's improved his completion percentage over ten, you know, ten percentage points from fifty nine percent to sixty nine percent. He's one of the higher higher graded passers according to PFFs. So yeah, he's he is uh he he's he's balling out. And speaking of balling out, you know, James Robinson still, you know, off of that Achilles injury, I honestly I still don't understand how this is happening. <laughs> he had a he had a fifty yard touchdown run against the Chargers the, this past week. And he's currently the RBU three overall in PPR, so it's it's good to see him um, ball out. And it was it was a pretty pretty, a pretty tough weekend uh, for the anti running back off of Achilles tear truthers, those guys that just automatically fade running backs because they're coming off of an Achilles tear. But guess what? James Robinson, young, you know Cam Akers, young, and he actually played played well. He had twelve for sixty one, a touchdown against the against the Cardinals. So it, it was it was good to see those guys, you know. Kind of, def- you know, it's pretty much defy, defy, the, defy the odds of, of uh, you know, Achilles tear running backs 
being relevant um, after you know after after tearing their Achilles. So it, it's it's good to see those guys um, ball out. It is good to see uh, see those guys ball out. But another person that we want to talk about balling out is our fantasy MVP of the week, who was Lamar Jackson. He, he's he's off to like a basically his MVP his MVP pace in terms of stats, his total yards, pretty much almost almost identical from 2019. I think he has over over a thousand total yards. You know, over I think you know doubled you know 10, 10 or twelve touchdowns, only two interceptions. He had four touchdowns and a rushing touchdown against the Patriots this past weekend. And he's on pace, on pace for 68 total touchdowns and over 5,000 yards of offense, (laughs) (laughs) which is absolutely silly, absolutely silly. And he's fifth in the league in rushing. So Lamar Jackson is by far and away the fantasy MVP. And if you have him on your roster, if you drafted him in the fourth and fifth round, again, congratulations, you're probably going to win your league and you're probably undefeated. You're probably undefeated. I know both the leagues that I have Lamar Jackson in. I'm undefeated. So there, there you go. Right there, you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy what he's doing right now, man. And yeah. and he's gonna be looking at the the Ravens in the offseason like, hey, show me that money. Show run, me run, that money, man. Run, run me my shit. Run yeah, me my <laughs> exactly. Shit. All right. So the LVP of the week. Ugh, it, it pains me to say his name, Justin Fields. I'm glad you're saying it would pain me too. So yeah, eight to seventeen, hundred and six yards passing, two egregious interceptions, two fumbles, but he didn't lose either of those. Luckily, I guess that's a, a I guess that's an arrow up for him. He didn't he didn't have either of those fumbles go the other way. And then he had eight rushes for forty seven yards. Um, again, like we said before, this team is last in dropbacks per game. They're last in plays ran per game. They're 30th in place per minute. There's just no, nothing's happening with this team, man. You can't, you can't, you literally can't play anybody. You can drop Komet. You can almost drop Darnell Mooney. Justin Fields is not on your roster. He's on the he's on the waiver wires. It's just everything is dead here, man. So I don't even want to talk any more about this. He's he sucks right now and he's the LVP man. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. My uh, my Justin Fields top eight QB bold prediction from the from the offseason is not looking very good right now. I'll tell you that at right all. now. At all. Yeah. If they, until they until they until they start letting him pass because he he has he doesn't have he doesn't he hasn't even crested thirty pass attempts in any game this year or even thirty dropbacks. Thirty let alone thirty dropbacks. So. <laughs> I, if, if he can, if he can get that over, if he can get that to the 30s, then we'll we'll we'll, we'll hopefully have some more production. But right now, yeah, he Justin Fields should probably be on waivers again. Any guy, any anybody that who any skill guy that you have for Chicago outside of the running backs, because all, all they're going to do is establish the run. They're just going to run the ball. <laughs> and outside of that, those are the guys that should, that that should be rostered. The defense is pretty good. The defense is okay, but yeah, yeah, you, you shouldn't own any Chicago Bears skill guys until further notice. All right, cap or no cap, favorite segment of the show, cap or no cap, we just talk about a player. Ike is going to tell us, is it cap or no cap? Basically, cap meaning lying. So if I told you that Dallas didn't win last night, Ike would say. That's cap. All cap. Because everybody saw it on Monday night when the lights are brightest that we won. So let's get to it. First first one for cap or no cap, DJ Moore is not start, is not a startable wide receiver. That's that's no cap. He is not startable. You can you cannot have him in your lineups. I know he's a I know he's a popular name and 
and and the apps that you play in project them for at least 13 points every <laughs> single time and you and you feel enticed to start them and then ESPN sends you alerts that oh yeah you have a bench you have a guy on, the, on your bench that's projected to outscore a starter on your team so you need to go ahead and put this guy in no do not listen to the app do not start DJ Moore until un, until we see better quarterback play even yeah. even them playing against playing against the Cardinals who suck at covering anything I I can't I cannot trust like this 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 pains this this takes a lot for me to say because <laughs> I I I am I am one of the most ultimate DJ Moore truthers you'll meet that you'll yeah. that you'll that you'll come to know and I I, I cannot start him I he's he's killing me in every every league that I have him in I have a losing record. <laughs> and there's a there's a reason for that and you know baker mayfield is is probably we we thought before the season started that he he was the best quarterback to ever play that he was the best quarterback that dj moore's ever had that's proven to be completely false that's proven to be completely cap <laughs> staying with staying on the theme of the uh theme of the segment major cap um, baker mayfield is the lowest pff passing grade for quarterbacks with 100 plus dropbacks and DJ Moore has a yards per route run of under 1.0, which is Jeez. which is which is terrible, which is absolutely terrible. And there's there's a, there's a there's a uh, there's a montage right now, like that, or a couple of highlights that I saw recently um, during the, for for this for the game against the the Saints, where you know DJ Moore had a step or two on a crossing route, Baker Mayfield just throws it right behind him, and you know it, it's it, there, there's just a, a bunch of those types of plays that you see every single week that you're, you just you just ask yourself, like, why? Like, why is this happening? I thought Baker Mayfield was supposed to be more accurate than Sam Darnold or, right. or Kyle Allen or or PJ Walker or Cam Newton or any of these other guys that he's played with, and he's just not doing it. Like, he can't even he can't even check the ball down or, or get Christian McCaffrey any any accurate passes. You know, bro. I, I think my ten year old nephew can get Christian McCaffrey the ball more than he can, man. Like seriously, like that that offense is terrible. It's pathetic. And I don't want I want no parts of it. I want no parts of it. I mean, I'll, I'll still start Christian McCaffrey because he's he's CMC and he still he still has back to back 100 yard rushing games, which is awesome to see. But his one of his calling cards was all the all the damage that he does in the passing game, and he's not doing that any of that. Like he would have games where he was four targets, two catches, seven yards. But that's not Christian McCaffrey like. That's yeah. that's you know first and second down grinder like you know. So, but again, back to DJ Moore, not starting him. Not starting him. Mortal story, listeners, don't start DJ Moore until you, until you see it. Next one, Romeo Dobbs is the Packers wide receiver one. I think I think this is no cap. I think this is no cap, man, because this is again we we talked about Sammy Watkins being on IR, being injured, water's wet, per you know per the usual, <laughs> right per the usual. But Romeo Dobbs, ninety five percent route participation. Had eight targets, led the team in targets, led the team in catches. Eight, all caught, all caught all eight targets for seventy-three yards and a touchdown. He has a four-point-one-five yards per route run, which is seventh in the league, with a minimum of a, minimum of hundred snaps. So he is he's balling out. We 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 knew going into the season that the Packers wide receiver one job was up for grabs, despite what most analysts thought. You know what most what Aaron Rodgers said in the offseason about Alan Lazard being able to step into the number one wide receiver role, but when Romeo Dubs started turning heads in training camp and turning turning heads in preseason, we we had a feeling that he would be somebody that would not that, that would not go unnoticed, right? So 
I, I think I think Romeo Dubs is starting to earn the trust of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has had some positive things to say about him um, even before the season started. So now this game is another confidence builder. And I think he's going to be the wide receiver one going forward, especially with Sammy Watkins on IR. And even when Sammy Watkins gets back, I don't think he's going to be a factor. And we we already know Romeo Dubs is playing ahead of Randall Cobb. So he's already ahead of him on the depth chart. And so I think Romeo Dubs is the Packers wide receiver one. Yeah, I think I have to co-sign. I think, I think this is no cap. I mean, looking at the numbers right now, uh, he leads the team in target share with over 17%. He leads the the receiver room in routes ran. He leads the, the wide receiver room in targets per route run. We already said he leads, leads the route receiver room in yards per route in yards per route run. Um, so, I mean, all the all the the numbers are pointing towards him. So, I, I have nothing to argue there. I, I think he is the wide receiver one. Yeah. All right. Last one. Cam Akers has returned as the lead back, and you can trust him to play him and start him confidently in week four, cap or no cap. Mm. Who do they have? The 49ers? Week four? Yep. Sunday night. Sunday night or Sunday night or Monday night? No, Monday know. night. So my Monday. bad. Monday night. Monday night. Hmm. Ah. You know, I, I I was I was on the other side of K Makers being good and being back from his Achilles. Mm. Slight lean. Slight lean to no cap. Slight lean. Because of because of the last two weeks, he's outtouched and outproduced Darrell Henderson. And it seems like there's a, a little bit of a changing of the guard. I don't think it has anything to do with the game, with the game script, because they haven't really been trailing in either of these games. And so, and the only the only thing that we do need to look the only thing that we do need to look at is the two minute offense and the long down and distance. Uh he still loses out to, to Darrell Henderson. But he's again, he's still outproduced him. He's still outproduced him the last couple of weeks. So slightly to no cap, I, I kind of think he is. If we see it one more time, then we'll be definitive. It'll be it'll be clear as day. It'll be definitive. We can say that he is now the lead back. Or at that point, we'll be able to say he's the lead back. But right now, I just need to see one more week for me to feel feel hundred percent confident in that. I'll say no cap. He's I think he's the, the he's definitely the the base down back for sure, just based on the numbers that I've seen the the last two weeks of him, you know, leading in in snap percentage of forty seven percent. But he's not he's not getting any of the two minute offense. He's not getting any of the long and down distance. And Henderson still got one more goal line carried in than Acres in, within the last two weeks. But uh, like I said, he has almost sixty percent of the rushing attempt. So it looks like he he's getting the first and second down work, but. Not any of the passing down, none of the long and distance, and he's not he's getting less than half of the goal line carry. So I guess you could I guess you can put him in. I would put him in if you really need him. As you can see that the landscape has been bad. So Yeah, so I think I think this time around uh, I I feel a little bit more confident starting him at, at the flex spot. And if I see one more week of production of, of him being the lead dog, then I, hey, I might I might go ahead and move him to my RB two slot if I'm feeling if I'm feeling a little froggy. If I'm feeling a little froggy. <laughs> For, for you know, for for more leadership purposes, but for right now, I think I'll I'll have him in the flex, and I'll feel a little bit better about that um, if he if he has if he has more uh, more production from the okay. from, that, from that slot. So the next segment we have, we're gonna we're gonna touch on a couple of matchups uh, that we just want to highlight from the week four slate. Talk to me nice. 
Uh, the first one we want to do is we want to talk. We want to talk about the Lions running backs versus the Seattle defense. Uh, this is a, a pretty. It's a pretty enticing matchup for the Lions offense, who's they've they've been scoring points this this season. They've been scoring points this season: thirty five points, thirty six points, and twenty four points in the first three weeks. And they can run the ball. And Jamal Williams is probably going to be the starting running back since DeAndre Swift is dealing with a shoulder and ankle injury. And Coach Dan Campbell says that he may benefit from sitting a couple of weeks because their bye week is in week six. And so that gives him week four, week five off, and it gives him the bye to kind of heal up um, those nicks and bruises. And, you know, (laughs) even despite that, DeAndre Swift is kind of out, still outproduced Jamal Williams um, in PPR leagues. But, um, But back to the matchup, though, the, the Seattle Seahawks defense, they're giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to running backs, and they're giving them the third most receiving yards per game and the third most rushing yards per game at 131. And so it's a, it's a pretty good running back for Jamal, running back, pretty good matchup for Jamal Williams and uh, Craig Reynolds, who's going to probably be the backup to Jamal Williams. And so I, I like this matchup a lot for the Lions running backs against Seattle. Yo, and the matchup that I like, is the Bills passing attack versus the, the Baltimore Ravens defense. Uh, we've seen this de- defense give up the most fantasy points per game to the wide receivers, most yards per game to wide receivers, and the most yards per game from the slot position. So a lot of a lot of digs scoring should be happening in this game because we've seen him line up in the slot a lot more this year than in the previous years. And then also this Baltimore de- defense, they give up the second most points per game, this the most air yards, the most passing yards to quarterbacks. Uh, while being in the middle of pack uh, in terms of pressure pressure rate, so we did see Miami g- give give uh, Josh Allen some fits a little bit, but he was able to you know still throw the ball around a lot in that in that game. So I'm definitely starting Diggs. I'm starting Gabe Davis. I, you could start Dawson Knox again. Tight ends have been a dumpster fire. So if you, you have they to, usually are that position usually is yeah and, and Dawson Knox has been very disappointing this year so yeah I think I think you can start him against this Ravens defense I know a lot of those a lot of that production is was buoyed by what Miami did to them in week two but it still it still counts they yep. still give up they, they they were still giving up the cheeks and so <laughs> it, it's that that I feel like that game is going to produce a lot of points I, I think that kind of goes without saying Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson you know that that's going to be a marquee matchup and I don't know why that's not Sunday Night Football it's going to be a, they're going to waste that game on a noon time slot while they have Mahomes and Brady at prime time. This Mahomes Brady matchup is not really going to have as much, I don't know, as much, uh, I don't know, much luster as, as as previous years would have would have suggested or would have had. And so um, I'm kind of disappointed that it's going to be a noon kickoff. But hey, it, yeah. at least at least at least they're matched up together, and and we'll, we're going to see some fireworks. Yep, yep, we definitely should. All right, so let's talk about this Thursday night game. We got uh, Cincy versus Dolphins. They're playing in Cincinnati uh, with an over-under of 47. And we got – right now they got Cincy favor, uh, favored by four points in this game. So uh, Why I know a couple that? Of, What's that about? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Currently the line is at minus four, man. <laughs> it's very interesting. I, I would have thought, I would have thought probably maybe three. Or um, if I mean, three, three is home field advantage. Yeah, two and a half, yeah. three is home field advantage. They're giving them an extra point and a half yeah. or half a yeah. point. Yeah, it's very I interesting. Know, I thought it was weird too, but I don't I know. Don't maybe, know maybe, that. maybe they think maybe they think that two is not going to play, and they were just leaning that way. I don't know. I think it probably move back towards the three once we get closer, and they see that two is playing. 
which also leads us into, you know, just touching on some injuries. I mean, we got Waddle is dealing with a growing injury himself, but they say he's expected to play also. We just talked about Tua. He somehow he recovered from the wobble that he was doing before <laughs> halftime of the Bills game. And he's saying it's only back soreness, but allegedly he's supposed to also play. Uh, we yeah, saw T. Sword. Higgins. Yeah, okay. T. Higgins is dealing with a toe injury all of a sudden. Uh, we got Mixon that was banged up. He didn't play none of the fourth quarter, but he said he's fine. So, you know, there's a lot of different people dealing with different injuries and key positions uh, that could factor into this over-under, man. So uh, Yeah, but, but I think the important thing to note, is, note here is that they're all expected to play, right? They're all yeah. expected to play. I don't know who, which one of them is going to be limited, but they're all expected to play. So none of them, is gonna, none of them are going to be out. Um, obviously, Tua is going to be – he should be he should be full go, and hopefully he can feed Tyreek Hill. Who caught out Eli Apple? In the media, <laughs> Tyreek, <laughs> a couple days ago, so <laughs> saying, "Yeah, oh you boy, oh you boy, the cheetah's here, the cheetah's here." So hey, we are gonna see, man, we are gonna see. Um, they have a little, they have a little bit of a battle going, and I know um, Eli Apple has been kind of, much, you know, been much maligned over the years, getting getting torched by random yeah. by by countless wide receivers over the years. So we'll see uh, what what happens uh, with that matchup. But the one thing that we do want to pay attention to, though, in this game is. Who the hell is gonna is the guy in the Miami backfield? Because I cannot figure it out for the life of me. I can't. I can't. I can't figure out what Mike McDaniel is doing with Chase Edmonds, is doing with Raheem Mostert. You know, Chase Edmonds had two touchdowns, but only had 21 yards rushing and only a handful of carries. So I, what 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 do you make of this situation? Cause I I can't I don't understand it. Man, I don't know, man. It's it's really confusing the last two weeks. Mostert's played 56 of the snaps, while Chase Edmonds has played about 47 of the snaps. Uh, Mostert's getting getting majority of the rushing attempts out of the two. Uh, Mostert ran the mo- most routes last week, which was weird because the first two weeks Edmonds has ran the most routes. Uh, they're both getting the same amount of targets percentage, which is 6%. Chase Edmonds is getting more targets per route ran. Man, I don't know, man. I don't know. Edmonds is getting getting all the inside the five carries. They split the long down and distance. Neither one of them were in the two-minute offense last week, but Chase Edmonds ran all the two-minute the week before. I don't know. I don't know, man. Your guess is better than mine. I don't know what to tell the people that are listening. If you if you have options, I wouldn't play either of them, honestly. I wouldn't either. I, they're, they're both going to be riding the pine. They're gonna be if I have them in any leagues, they're gonna be riding the pine until I can see some consistency from any one way or the other. If 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 we know for a fact that it's Mostert, Mostert's the guy, then feel confident starting to Mostert. But hey, look, if you're if you're desperate, I don't know, flip a coin. <laughs> I flip don't know, Chase coin, Edmonds, like, since he's getting the inside the five carries. I, yeah, I mean, it, it, like if you want to bet on talent, if you want to bet on the talent, the guy who's less likely to get injured, bet bet on Chase Edmonds. Because m- m- we we know Mostert, he misses actual seasons as opposed to a handful of games. <laughs> so if you want to bet on a guy that's going to be less hurt, uh, bet on <laughs> bet on Chase Evans. But that's that's the best we can do. <laughs> yeah, it's. That's I mean, I just ran do. down the numbers and it's it's muddled, man. So. Yeah, it's, it's real muddled. But uh, <laughs> you know, pivoting away from the Thursday night game, we're gonna next. We're gonna touch on. Some of the Sunday games, Sunday and Monday games, uh, we're just kind of we're going to talk through some player situations and some narratives and things to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, the first, the first game we want to look at: Vikings and Saints. 
um, from London. Our first London game, first game across the pond. A lot of storylines in this one. Um, Dalvin Cook's shoulder popped out again uh, for the third consecutive year. I don't know. Mm. I don't. I, I don't know, man. It, it's he said he's gonna. He said he's. He said he's fine. He's gonna play this week. But I, I know last year. I know I last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it, but at the same time, but last year he missed a game. He missed a game last year, and then came back on that Thursday yeah. night, and then just ripped ripped Smashed. up the Steelers for like two hundred yards and two touchdowns. And so I don't know what it is about Dalvin Cook dislocating his shoulder. The next game he plays, he just goes ape shit. So if you if you're betting any props on Dalvin Cook on on Sunday, take the overs. Take the overs, if, especially if you think he's gonna he's gonna you know turn in an, another another memorable performance and I, and I and i do recall a couple of years ago his shoulder dislocated and then the next game he played was against the saints in the playoffs and mm. he had over he had over 20 yep. 25 touches and over 100 plus yards yep. rushing a couple of touchdowns and so they're playing the saints again could be could be a little deja vu could be not i don't know but an, another more injuries want to keep an eye on uh, Stains wide receiver injuries. We talked about them earlier. Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry. They left. They both left uh, week three. Week three's loss at Carolina with injuries. Michael Thomas has a toe, and I think Jarvis Landry had Jarvis Landry has an was an ankle injury. Was an ankle? I want to say they said foot, but I want to say it was ankle. Foot, and then ankle. also another person that you want that we we didn't talk about earlier was take Traquan Smith. He had came right. in in relief, and then he left the game with a concussion. So. Man, they That's are another down. player. Yeah, they are down receivers. So Chris Olave, fire him up. Yep. Bet the overs on him too. He is cooking. He is. He's got all the air yards. He's got the trust in Jameis Winston, and he was. He's looking like a smash um, in the early part of the season. And someone, another guy who was looking like a smash early in the season, who we thought was the wide receiver one overall, was Justin Jefferson. And since then, he's been disappointing. Only nine catches, sixty-two yards. No touchdowns uh, since that week one explosion against the Packers. And yeah. now he's facing Marshawn Lattimore, who's playing at an elite level right now still. Um, I know he, he, he he's always in Mike Evans' head. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, so far this year, he hasn't given up that many yards. He hasn't given up that many yards. He's just been playing at a high, at a, at a high level. And we – one thing we want to keep an eye on is if he's going to shadow Justin Jefferson. If he if he's going to just follow him all over the field, it makes sense for him to do so. And if he does, I think Justin Jefferson it may may struggle. Uh, and that you know that's kind of weird to say that Justin Jefferson's going to struggle, but he hasn't he hasn't been as consistent as 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 the other elite receivers and and just beating every single corner that he faces. And so um, that's one thing that we want to keep an eye on in that uh, in in that game. Yep, you're you're still going to start him. Hopefully they play him in the slot because I know Marshawn Lattimore has a tendency not to follow people in the slot. So hopefully they figure out a way to you know scheme him open. Um, if he's not getting shadowed, then you know for damn sure he's going to get bracketed. So hopefully, hopefully JJ can can do something this week. Uh, another game I want to we want to touch on is the Chargers run game versus the Texans run defense. I know Eckler like we've we've been talking about at the beginning of the show. Eckler's been literally the rush the worst rusher per game basis that has over uh, 50 snaps played in the season so far. Um, the Texans have given up the most yards and most fantasy points to running back so far this season. Uh, they just gave up over 150 yards to to her, uh, Herbert last week. This is somebody, I mean, obviously you're going to play him, and hopefully hopefully the, the, the Chargers find a way to run the ball and run the ball well. 
Yeah, because they they got blitzed against the, against the Jags uh, this past Sunday, and they yeah. weren't able to run the ball. And <laughs> they weren't able to run the ball. So hopefully, they this is a, this is a get right game. I'll be on the road, but and then you know last year, if you remember, they they went to Houston last year and lost. Yep, sure and that did. Was, that was that was in Rex Burkhead. Yep. Decided to win a lot of people millions of dollars in the Millie Maker. Yep. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. And I think I think I lost that weekend uh, uh Survivor. So did I. I did too. Yep. I think I think we talked about this game. We talked about this we game. Both, we I think were, we both yeah, lost, man. Yep. But I but I think I remember hedging on the uh I remember hedging <laughs> and I put like a, a lot of money on the uh the Texans money, money line. line. Yeah. <laughs> so but but you know the pot would have been like thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And I was still I was still kind of sad about it, even though I won a little bit of money, but I was still a little sad. But um, but sh- but switching gears, next the next the next couple of games we want to kind of run down the Giants. They're playing they're hosting the Chicago Bears uh, in Week Four. The Giants are just now down another receiver, Sterling Shepard Torres ACL, so he's done for the year. Who the hell are they going to throw to? Who they, who are they going to throw to? Kenny Galladay seems very disinterested in playing football. Yep. Uh, Kadarius Tony is always hurt. He can't stay healthy. He can't stay out of the training room. Uh. All they have is Richie James. I think he's their healthiest receiver. Richie and James. David Sills. And, and David Sills. <laughs> Something called a David Sills. That's it. That's it. And I mean, they they look, they just need to they need to lean on Saquon Barkley and, and just pray for everything else around yeah. him. Pray that he stays yeah. healthy. Who I mean, again, Saquon Barkley, the number depending on what league format, whatever your settings are, he's the number one or number two overall running back at PPR. But they just need to, I don't know, they just need to pray because they have nothing else around Saquon uh, to, to throw the ball to outside of uh, Richie James. I mean, Richie James, he's he's an okay player. He's played okay yeah. this year. He hasn't he's been all right. And then, um, yeah, so, but and then, and then the next game, we just really want to t- briefly want to touch on uh, the Broncos, uh, the Broncos Raiders game. Mm. And we finally get a, like a, a 25 27 point explosion from the Broncos offense because man they have not been cooking at all 16 points 16 points 11 points their first three games like what what is this Nick is this? Vangio is is still running the team that's what it looks like <laughs> Jesus yeah. I mean shit I mean if you really look at it he's probably did a little bit better job than Nathaniel Hackett <laughs> right now because Nathaniel Hackett had to hire a, a, an advisor yeah he had to hire an advisor <laughs> so he can't even manage manage games, but yeah. I, what do you make of this Broncos offense, man? I I don't know. I, I don't know, man. Um, they're rotating like four tight ends. Everybody thought it was Albert O is not. It's everybody else. Um, Judy's been in and out of injuries already. Sutton's the only been the the bright spot out of his offense. You know, Russell Wilson's been trash. The Broncos are now introducing another running back in the backfield. Mike Boone has now entered the the, uh, the field to play. This dude's played 20 snaps last week. Oh, God. He ran 25% of the routes. Oh, God. So I don't know what's going I don't know what's going on over here, man. But they do get the Raiders. The Raiders are the uh, top five friendliest defenses to quarterbacks, running backs, and they're six to tight end. So there's a p- possible explosion time for, for Russell Wilson. If there's ever a get right spot for, for <laughs> Russell Wilson and that Broncos offense is against the Raiders. And the Raiders are usually a get right spot for everybody, right? Aren't man, they? Pretty <laughs> they much, were, man. They were a get right spot against the premium for the Titans last week. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they, I don't know, bro. Like, they, this has to be the week, man. This has to be the week. 
yeah, start start Russell Wilson with confidence and and hope that whoever's calling the plays, you know, turns the next page and get out of the base base stuff. We're not in preseason anymore, man. Open yeah. up the playbook. And and yeah, and then last thing I just want to briefly touch on, uh, Zach Wilson looks like he's gonna play in week four. Mm. That that's probably mm. gonna, that's probably bad news for the for all the <laughs> skill guys for all the skill guys that are involved that are enjoying all that pass volume. You know, uh, we had Tyler Conklin who's like a top five tight end now. Garrett Wilson was you know one of the top rookie receivers. Brees Hall is fantasy relevant, getting all those checkdowns from Joe Flacco. Yep. Joe Flacco leads was leading the league and leading the league and or near the top of the league in pass attempts. And so that that's probably going to be scaled back a little bit more now. Um, so I don't know this. This is going to be an, an interesting, an interesting uh, insertion uh, to that offense to see how yeah. to see how uh, Garrett Wilson and maybe Elijah Moore comes back to life. I don't know. I'm I'm down on Elijah Moore right now, even though he used one of my favorite targets this offseason in the sixth round, sixth seventh round. So yeah, just that's just another another thing that I wanted to look to to, to kind of highlight a little bit to see if we can I don't know make any sense of this passing offense with Jack Wilson back. But I think the thing is. The the idea here is to kind of temper your expectations because you know we don't we don't know what to expect out of Zach Wilson. Yeah, you're probably going to start all these guys that you rounded off, but I would just be wary because we we seen we seen this already. Yeah, uh, for, even from last year. I mean, they had everybody else like Josh Johnson, Mike White, Flacco, all balling, make the offense throwing over 300 yards per game passing, and then Zach Wilson gets in there and is just zapped. <laughs> yeah. barely gonna get barely getting over 200 yards so yeah hopefully he's a little more o- opened up i don't know we'll see man but yeah. i would be a little wary about all these options outside of like you know Brees holland and even Brees holland carter even still they've been only flourishing because of the check down so it, it'll be interesting for sure it'd be scary it's, it's a little scary but we'll see just just hope and pray yeah. all right <laughs> so bold predictions uh i know we just a recap from last week, my bold prediction was that Rashad, uh, Rashad Bateman wouldn't be a top 24 run, uh, wide receiver finish. That hit, um, you know, I, I, I related it back to the expected. He was over expected point fantasy points uh, per PFF, and uh, it showed it showed, showed out. Um, he only got targeted four times. Like we have been seeing, he's not really getting targeted much. I think he played still again. Less than seventy percent of the uh, of the routes ran. I, I don't know, man. It's it's weird how they're using them. So yeah. that was that was my uh, my bold prediction. I think Ike's yours was uh, it was Elijah Moore finishing as a wide receiver one uh, hundred yards and a touchdown. He did miss. He did drop a touchdown he in did. the game. He did have ten targets and only four catches for forty nine yards. The process was it was right. I would say the yeah. process was right because he got the volume and he had a, a near touchdown opportunity. Prop might not have crested 100 yards, but he might have been. He might have cracked. He might have cracked the top 12 if he had caught that touchdown and and connected on a couple of more of those targets. So, but yeah, nonetheless, it's an L. <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, it's an L. But um, but my I'll, I'll kick it off with my bowl prediction for for the week for week four. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he will finish outside the top 24 running backs uh, in week four against the Buccaneers. Uh, he has unsustainable production. Like his, his production right now is unsustainable based on his usage, which would probably be in the RB3 territory. Um, there, he has not been, he, he, he has not outsnapped Jared McKinnon at all this year. 
all three games he's been out snapped by him. He's coming off of a game where he had seven rush attempts for zero yards and a touchdown. How putrid and disgusting is that? <laughs> How like that's ter- that's terrible. Five and he, you know he, he 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 made he made his mark in the passing game. Five catches from forty yards, but that was on less than forty percent route participation. That's terrible for a running back. That is, te- that's, it was, I think the exact number was around 37, 38%. He's not getting any of the two minute offense. He's not getting the long down and distance. He has no more than 12 opportunities in a single game. And he's produced, and he's the PPR running back four, which, which is crazy to me. And it's crazy, crazy efficient. So I, I have not seen a sell high candidate as obvious as, as Clyde Edwards Lairs this year. Like, if you do not sell him, like, this week, like right now, you will regret it <laughs> in a matter of weeks. <laughs> and, and starting this week when Tampa Bay shuts him down and he's not even going to crack the top 24, when Tampa Bay shuts him down, you, you, you're going you're gonna to wish you would have sold him. Because right now, his, his value is not, is not any higher. Cannot get any higher. So, but, but again, he, my bold prediction, he'll finish outside the top 24 running backs. My bold prediction is Russell Wilson will have a top five quarterback finish this week. Per PFF, he has scored 14 and a half less fantasy points than expected, which is third lowest. And then he's, again, like I said before, he's playing the top five friendliest defensive quarterbacks. We've just seen uh, Ryan Tannehill get right really good. He It was a really good get right spot for that man versus, uh, versus the Raiders. Um, so I just believe that. I believe the 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 Broncos, Russell Wilson, they they should be able to to light up the Raiders uh, this week to get the offense going how we thought it was going to be before the season even started. So that is my bold prediction. All right. So and then last but not least, we're going to recap our our prize pick plays. Uh, last week I went one for one. I had the Daniel one and, Carson. You went one and one. One and one. Yeah, one and one. I had the uh, the Carlson field goals. Over one and a half field goals, the Raiders kicker, he hit that, I think, what, beginning of the third quarter, I believe. And then Josh Allen's two and a half total touchdowns missed. This dude was sitting at two after, what, the first half? And just, I don't know, they had they held the ball for like 20 minutes in the second half and couldn't do anything with it. They just, yeah. I don't know. That, they that just, could have easily hit. I think that was just kind of a... It was kind of an uh, it was kind of an anomaly for for him to not hit that two two and a half touchdown total. So yeah, yeah, I think that was not your fault. Process was right, but yeah, hey, I think shit happens. And yep. but my, but my prize pick plays, I I picked David Montgomery to go over sixty eight yards, rush sixty eight and a half rush rushing yards. That obviously didn't hit. He got hurt in the first quarter. He got he was blocking and he got his leg rolled up on. And so, um, and yep. obviously, you saw Cleo Herbert go ape shit for 157 yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> so, I, I, I would imagine that David Montgomery would have would would have had similar success against that Texans run defense. So, again, this is another thing when the pro, you know the process was right, just the result just didn't you know turn out in our favor. And then I had Tyreek Hill over, I think, what was it, 65 and a half or or 70, 73 and a half, I mean, 73 yards. Yeah, I think 73 and a half. 73 and a half yards. Didn't come close to that. I only had 33. I think the guy I should have chose was Jalen Waddle, but <laughs> yeah. was, um, was probably due for, for, for a big game as well. So, uh, against, especially against, a, I guess, a Buffalo defense that was missing four starters in the secondary. But, yeah. um, but hey, Tua got hurt. I think they were, honestly, I, th- I feel like that game would have played out a lot differently 
especially when it comes to the total, if Tua didn't get hurt. And he, he didn't start doing the wobble before halftime. But, I mean, he came yeah. back in the game and still played pretty well. But I think um, I think that late hit by that Bills defender kind of robbed all of us of, of more points in that game overall. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. But, you know, our prize pick plays, make sure y'all check out for those Friday or Saturday. We try to get those out a little bit early so you can get a better line uh, than waiting on Sunday mornings. Yeah. Uh, but we are at the end of the show. Again, we, we appreciate you if you made it to this point of the, of the show. Uh, make sure you tap in with us, tap in with the Destination Devi crew, uh, tap into the Allgrass newsletter. You can find that on any of our our, our Twitter handles. You can actually go to the Destination Devi uh, Twitter page and they have that link on there. Uh, you have, you know, 40. Every Friday, 7.01 a.m. Yep. Yes, sir. You got the injury pod that comes out Sunday mornings. You got Scott Connor's new pod that's coming out on Mondays. Uh, talking about dynasty strategy and the philosophy, you also got uh, you got Ray and 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 uh, Jay Rich coming out on Monday, Wednesday, Fridays. You got Troy and LQ on on Tuesday after uh, evenings. You got us dropping on Thursdays. You got the waiver wire show dropping Tuesday mornings. You got America's Game podcast dropping on Saturdays. You got 4D chess dropping on Fridays. Like every day that we can get a little little bit of something on if it's redraft or dynasty or how you should maneuver your rosters in, in season or injuries, or whatever. It's just a lot going on. So we got you, you know, covered keep- over here at Destination Dev. We got you covered. So tap in, tune in, like, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. We we're we're turning we're turning it out, turning it out this year. Hopefully, y'all get y'all's rosters together for for this coming week of games. Hopefully, it looks better than last week. Until then, y'all be safe. Peace out. Happy week four.